Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Gotera. Thanks for stopping by. It is Tuesday, September 21st. Happy Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. And for the first time since August 30th, we're listening to my intro music because, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. I am back. It's been a long time since I've talked to you fine folks out there in podcast land. And, well, it's not like I've been taking a break. I've been working on a very big project. I will talk about that project here in a few minutes, but I appreciate all of you tuning in to this podcast. We are back on the regular basis posting these things. So, look, hey, I teased it a long time ago. I'm going to add a video element to this next week. I got all the graphics in. I'm looking over those graphics for the video portion of this podcast. I'm going to try to do that next week. And so now this is my main focus, trying to build this podcast a little bit after I just got done with the fourth edition of the program featuring the Marshall High School Buffaloes football team. Before we get into that and some of the other headlines that have been going on since I last spoke to you, Go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. That's okay. I I forgive you if you haven't done so up until this point because right now I feel like we're starting new. It's episode 72. That number doesn't really have any significance, but it's episode 72. And uh, this is the beginning of of a new format with this podcast. Like I said, video incorporated next week. I'll be posting the video content on our YouTube page. And uh, yes, this is uh, this. I'm excited. I, I'm excited where this can go. Uh, commentary, interviews, all sorts of stuff. And um, my next episode, by the way, is a really good one. My wife is coming on, and she's actually interviewing me. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to post that later this week. Okay. So what have I been doing since August 30th? Since the last time I spoke to you guys, one personally. I kind of talked about my new workout routine, right? Didn't I talk about my new workout routine? Yeah, so uh, I, I was going to bed at 10.30. I, I, where did it all start? It started back in early August as I'm, I'm shooting this high school football special. I, I think I went to a barbecue, and then I got back, and I realized, man, I, I got to be a little healthier, right? So then the next day, I woke up super early. I don't know why I got up so early. I just woke up, and I felt like working out. And from that moment on, it was about middle of August, I've been waking up really early and getting my workouts in uh, before the day starts, and I thought, well, I don't know how long this is going to last, but so far, so far, so good. I've got a lot more energy. Uh, I feel great. I've lost some weight. Feel like I've added a little bit of muscle, kind of put this whole workout regimen together at home. Um, and so far, so good. Uh, I do a little bit of running, a little bit of weight training, a little jump rope, kind of all over the place, man, a little bit. So, hey. Uh, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling energized. And look, listen, I just got off of what seemed to be a long, long project. It, it was only two months. But when you're in it, when you're putting together a uh, sports special of that kind, it seems like the days are both long and going by pretty fast, right? You're trying to get this thing done. So this past Saturday, I hope you guys were able to watch it. It was the program, my high school football show that I started back in 2017. This is the fourth year that we aired it, and it was a success. It was our highest-rated episode yet. 
So I'd like to thank everybody out there that watched, that promoted this, folks out in Fort Bend County at Marshall High School, that I was blowing up their social media accounts. I'm sure they're tired of me at this point, but we got the word out, and uh, the show was a huge success. Uh, it went off without a hitch. I was really nervous before. I mean, we, we, my wife and I, my son was actually staying at my uh, mother-in-law's house that night, and my little girl, she goes to bed at 8.30, so we were ready. We had a bottle of champagne. We were sitting there. We were watching this, and I was so nervous because you never really know when you hand off a show like this. Basically, here's a little TV jargon, some behind-the-scenes type stuff. You, you, you put the whole show together. You edit the whole thing. You export it. The, that term we say is exporting from our editing software. We export the clip. We make the clip, and then we hand it over basically to the master control folks who uh, who put this into the server and get it timed out and make sure it's ready to air when it's supposed to. I was nervous. I, I you just never know. I hate handing things over like that, right? Because I I never know if it's gonna if something happened within the transfer, if there's a glitch, if some audio dropped out. I watched it so many times. I made sure that wasn't the case. But yeah, it was good. It was a huge success. The folks down at Marshall seemed to have loved it. Uh, my bosses liked it. The folks that I worked with liked it, and it's uh, it was huge. It was a great it was a great show. I, I don't I, I'm hesitant to say our best one yet because we've had some good ones like the first year with Pearland High School. That was an hour long and involved Hurricane Harvey. There was a lot of emotion involved in that one. Their coach left the school before the season started. There was a lot going on there, but this one I feel like had the the complete story. And look, after it aired, I already had some people reaching out from other teams. I've already had some conversations with other people about possibly showcasing their football program next year. So uh, it was good. I got to work from home. I got to edit from home. It was a little bit less stressful for the whole family. Sometimes I'm like at the station for hours and hours. But this time I got to work from home. I did work like 14 straight days. And I just did not have time to record any podcasts during that time. But here I am. I'm talking to you guys again. And look, if you missed that, it's on our YouTube page. Go to KHOU's YouTube page. We have a whole playlist, about 10 videos long. Each segment is in a separate video. The whole show's up there. Bonus footage, additional content that I left on the proverbial cutting room floor. Um, all that stuff is up there. You want to go check it out. Great kids. Great coaching staff, great people down at Marshall High School. That's a great football team. I think they could win the whole thing. The only people that are going to get in their way is themselves. They're the only ones that can stop them. Um, so I, I, I think they, they have a really legitimate chance of running the table and, uh, and winning this whole thing. They've gotten close several times, so I'm rooting for Coach James Williams. Stand-up guy. I know he went to Illinois, University of Illinois. I'm not going to hold that against him. Being a Northwestern guy, it's it's fine. It's okay. Uh, he's running a tremendous program down there. His kids love him, and it shows. Everybody's such a close knit group, and I can't I can't recommend it enough. Go check it out. We're getting thousands of views on YouTube already. This is good stuff. I uh, this is what I envisioned when I started this show four years ago, and it's kind of coming to fruition now. I want to thank everybody at the station that helped promote it. The most promotion we've ever had for this show, which meant a lot to me. And uh, our graphics department, Robin Hughes, put together a great graphics package. Some of the other photographers that helped out shooting it. It was awesome. Go check it out. If you can't go to YouTube, I'm actually going to post the whole audio version of the show here on this podcast. I did it 
the last time we did we had this, it was like episode four. You got to go all the way back to the beginning of this podcast. Episode four back in 2019, it was the North Shore Mustangs. That's still on here. If you want to go back and listen to that, go for it. But uh, not the next episode, but episode 74 is going to be uh, the Marshall football uh, program show. So I, uh, I encourage you to check that out as well. All right, so what's been happening? What's been happening since I last spoke to you? Uh, well, we uh, football season is is in full swing. So let's let's get right into the headlines. Let's start right there. Headline number one involves the Texans. So the Texans are not as bad as we thought they were going to be. Hey, I'll say it. I thought they were going to win three games in our countdown to kickoff show we had a couple of weeks ago. I thought they were going to win just three games. And I thought they were going to lose to Jacksonville. I didn't know what David Culley had to offer. I had no clue what was going to happen in that game. We, it was a lot of unknowns, but they came out and balled out, and they looked great against Jacksonville, who looks awful so far. Urban Meyer looks completely lost. I have no idea what he's doing over there in Jacksonville. They have a young team, but still, the fact that that team was not ready to play the first week was a little surprising. And that's why I really picked Jacksonville in that game, because I thought you know Urban Meyer's head coaching experience would – you know, prevail over David Culley's, who doesn't have any head coaching experience. But Culley, to his credit, has his team ready to go. And then the next week against Cleveland, I mean, that first half, they look great. So I'm, I'm, this is good. Everything's going great. But we can't have nice things when it comes to pro football here in this town. And then Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. Uh, and honestly, man, my first thought is, how just unfortunate that injury is. Hamstring injury, he just got placed on IR today. He's going to miss at least the next four games, including Thursday night against Carolina here at home. I just think it's so unfortunate, man. The guy's been through a lot in his career. He's snake bit. I mean, this year, he really, I, I really felt that this team was playing hard for him and for Coach Cully, but you have to have a leader on the field, and that's your quarterback. And it really seems like everybody was was really playing hard for Tyrod Taylor. And Taylor did some great stuff the first six quarters, too. I mean, running around, getting open, finding guys downfield, passes on target. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't want to say he was Deshaun Watson, but, I mean, at least, hey, we got a guy who's out there who's competent, and that was the biggest concern, right? I mean, what we're going to get from the quarterback position, how is it going to work with some of these guys that aren't used to making plays on the outside, outside of Brandon Cooks? We they did add Danny Amendola, too. But, hey, through six quarters, they looked great. The defense was playing hard, causing turnovers. Lovey Smith, that's his thats his brand, right, causing turnovers. Those guys are playing hard. I'm going to be honest, there's some guys on the field I had no idea were on the team. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gregor Hill, Greaser Hill, he had a nice game against Cleveland. I had no idea he was on the team. Maybe it was because I was just so involved with that high school football show that – I kind of lost track of the cuts there towards the end of training camp <laughs> that I look on the field, I see guys. And see, the problem is there are so many new players on this team that I'm watching the game and like, okay, here's um, number 57. Oh, 57 makes a play. Oh, man, good job, Brendan Scarlett. Wait a minute. Brendan Scarlett's not here anymore. That was another guy, by the way. I don't know when he got cut. I had no idea when he got cut. Again, I'm admitting this, no clue when that happened. I, I look up, and he's not on the team anymore. But that's the issue that I'm having. I'm looking out there. I'm seeing these numbers that I recognize that I think go to other players, but they're not with other players. And 
they're a bunch of new guys too. So I was encouraged, and it's just I, I hate it. I hate it for Taylor. I actually hate it for David Cully too, man, because, you know, we kind of gave him a hard time. Not really him a hard time. We gave the organization a hard time for hiring him because everybody thinks that he's just a, you know, fill-in coach for a couple of years while these guys tank, get some good draft picks. Then they'll bring in the guy that will really take this thing to the next level. But I got to give him credit, man. Credit where credit is due. He had his team ready to play that first week. He had his team ready to play against Cleveland. The second half didn't turn out well because, well, Taylor was out. And then Davis Mills came in. We'll talk about that in a second. The quarterback position, that is, here in a second. Uh, but credit were, credit is due to David Cully, man. Cully uh, is a huge personality. He, he brings a lot of energy in you know press conferences. He's always positive. He's always talking about how the team's improving, you know, during training camp, you think a lot of that stuff is lip service, right? Because okay, he's got to build up the team, build up the hype around the team, make it seem like they're doing some good stuff. But you know what? He was on point, and these guys love playing for him. If you listen to each one of them talk about what Cully means, they love playing for him. The little videos that the team posts of Cully in the locker room talking to the guys. He got the game ball after the first win. Like All that stuff is genuine, and that's why I feel so terrible and why I, I – repeat that we can't have nice things uh, when it comes to the Texans because, you know, I don't want to say for the first time, but it really felt like, okay, it's refreshing stuff. We're seeing new guys make new plays, make big plays. Um, they're energetic. They're fired up. They're pumped up. The defense, like I said, causing turnovers, making tackles. The first half against Cleveland was great, and then it all fell apart in the second half. And even having said that, having said that, the Texans were right there to make it a one-score game at the end of that Cleveland game, except for their new kicker, who isn't Kaimi Fairbairn, Joey Sly. He misses the kick. That would have made it a one-possession game. Uh, we need uh, John Christian Kaimi Fairbairn back, that's for sure. I'm not going to attempt to say his real name. Uh, just look it up. Uh, but anyway, uh, we need him back. That would have been a one-possession game. It would have been a one-possession game, and the Texans were probably going to kick an onside kick and see if they can get it back. Again, not saying that it The whole point is that this team has been competitive and interesting to watch. I thought they were going to be a dumpster fire. I thought they were going to be a mess. They were not going to be able to execute so many new players. Everybody was going to be on different pages. I didn't think they were going to be good, but... I got to give him credit, man. I give him credit because uh, David Cully and his staff has had those guys ready to play. We'll see what happens on Thursday night against Carolina, who's looked good 2-0 so far. They just dump-trucked the Saints uh, this past weekend. And Jameis Winston, I'm an idiot, by the way. Speaking of Jameis Winston, I started him after his big week one. I started him against Carolina on the road. I just didn't do my homework. He didn't do anything for me this week. Luckily, Derrick Henry, my top pick, this year finally showed out and showed up against Seattle. Gave me 53 points, and I won this week. But anyway, Texans and Panthers this Thursday night. Who's going to be quarterback? Well, that's headline two. So as I mentioned during that last headline, Tyrod Taylor's out. He's on IR officially as of today. That means he's going to miss at least three to four weeks with that hamstring injury. Hopefully he's able to come back strong because like I mentioned, the team was playing hard for him. So now it's all about Davis Mills. Davis Mills era begins, and I 
I can't believe we're saying this going into game three of the season, but this rookie who a lot of people, including myself, didn't think the Texans should have even taken at that point in the draft, third round pick, he is now the guy. And he did not look great when he came in. It was like deer in the headlights, man. And I don't blame him. First time in a real NFL game, uh, he looked kind of robotic. And I couldn't hear what you said. I'm not asking you anything, Siri. C calm down, okay? Calm down. Let me. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get back to the Texans, okay? Take it easy. Deer in the headlights. Davis Mills is what I was talking about, and I don't blame him. I mean, he looked kind of robotic in the pocket. He got hit several times pretty hard, including that one that he didn't he, he didn't even see that blitz. I don't know how you don't see that blitz. I've never played quarterback at that level, so I'm, I'm not going to judge on how the fact how he didn't see it. But, it, I mean, these guys go through so many reps. He didn't see that blitz, and he got totally wiped out. That was his welcome to the NFL moment uh, right there. And um, But you know what? To give the youngster some credit – they started calling some plays that were a little friendlier to him, some swing passes, some dump-offs in the middle of the field. He still has issue throwing to the sidelines. He had it during training camp, had it during the preseason. He's got to work on some of that stuff. But if they're able to start running the football, like Mark Ingram has been great, Philip Lindsay has looked good, if they're able to get that running game going, open up and soften that uh, – that Carolina defense a little bit. Maybe they can make some plays, but um, I think I think Davis Mills. I'm rooting for the kid. I just don't think he's ready to go at this uh, at this level. We'll see what happens on Thursday night. And how about that, right? Thursday night, this kid is going to make his start in front of a national television audience. I mean, it's 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 amazing how sometimes things work in sports. It really is. But this kid is going to go out there. And it's so ironic that this team is now having quarterback issues like this, injury-related, right? Not bad play-related, injury-related, because there was, there was no reason to take Taylor out until he got hurt. I mean, he was playing so well. All the while, they have an all-pro quarterback sitting right over there on their roster who is not going to be a part of this team. David Culley didn't even entertain the thought of him being active this week. When they asked him today of whether he's going to take some snaps to help out the, the quarterback situation, he said no. That guy's out of sight, out of mind. And you know what? It's a good thing the Texans are doing that. He doesn't want to be here. Keep him away from the team. Keep him away as a distraction. Get him out of the facility. Tell him to go on vacation with his girlfriend. I don't care what he does because right now he does not matter to this team unless he's going to get traded. I've said that all along. I don't care about Deshaun Watson unless until that news comes down when they're going to trade him and what the return is. That's when I'll care about Deshaun Watson again. So good luck to David Smells. He's going to go out there against the Panthers. He's going to try to do his best. Uh, luckily, they're at home because if this was on the road again, it might have been tough sledding. And then the next week, they go to Buffalo. My mercy me. Woo. It's going to be tough. But, hey, at least you get your feet wet against Carolina, who's got a fast defense. That's what some of the guys are saying so far this week when they look at the film. Carolina's got a quick defense, and uh, they made the Saints look foolish last week. Uh, you just you just hope that doesn't happen this week with Davis Mills. Texans defense is going to have to be on point. All right, headline three. Headline three, let's talk baseball running down. All right, headline three, let's talk some baseball, shall we? The Astros uh, playing some good ball. It seems like... They're going to win the division. I know they've got six games against Oakland left, but the Athletics can't even beat the Mariners. So uh, I don't think the Astros have to worry about the division. Their magic number as of this recording is at six. 
uh, in the AL West, and it doesn't seem like they're going to get any challenge for a home field advantage in that American League Division Series from the White Sox, who have completely tanked here towards the end of the season. They're lucky they have a 12-and-a-half game lead or whatever the hell that is because uh, the White Sox are playing some embarrassing baseball against some really, really trash teams like Detroit and Texas and Anaheim. They took the series from the Rangers, but those other two, it's been bad. And look, I'm a White Sox fan. I've told you this. I, I don't think the Astros are going to have any problems with the White Sox in the first round. I hate to say that out loud. I'm obviously rooting for the White Sox. I don't want the Astros to win. And uh, But I just don't. The way the two teams are playing right now. And the thing with, with the White Sox is basically Tony La Russa has taken this whole month. They've had a huge lead in the AL Central. They were going to win this thing. Cleveland sucks. The Tigers suck. Everybody else behind them, Twins and Royals, are awful too. Uh, so they've had a huge lead. They were going to win this. Everybody knew they were going to win this. So Tony La Russa took the opportunity this month to basically be like an NBA coach and do uh, like watching minutes. Like not, not, not tanking per se, but he's been watching everybody's minutes, if you want to say that. Like Tim Anderson hasn't played. So the White Sox have been running out there somewhat triple-A lineups most of the time. In fact, as of this recording on Tuesday, it was the fourth time they've had pretty much their full lineup out there all season long because of injuries and all sorts of stuff. Their pitching staff is breaking down, and the Astros look really strong. They're taking care of business against these bad teams that they should beat. They need to beat, and that's what they're doing. Uh, they're they're beating the heck out of uh, the An uh, Anaheim Angels. They beat the Rangers. They came back against Arizona. Astros are looking sharp. I don't think they're going to have any problems against the White Sox. Um, and if that's the case, if the Astros beat the White Sox, then baseball season for me is over. And I'll focus all of my attention on college football. Good luck to the Astros from that point forward, but I am done paying attention to baseball at that point. If the White Sox are out, I'm out of the baseball season. Then I'll focus solely on the Texans and college football. But uh, Astros looking good down the stretch. I know, like I said, they've got those six games against Oakland. They have three against Tampa, but by that point, Tampa doesn't have anything to play for, and those games are going to be here, so I doubt Tampa's going to field a competitive team those games um, unless they've clinched home field advantage throughout, and I think that should be coming up pretty soon. I'm not sure what that magic number is to clinch home field advantage throughout the uh, American League playoffs, but they're very close to clinching it. They have a huge lead, uh, I think about three and a half, four and a half games on the Astros um, at last check, so... We'll see. We'll see what happens there, but the Astros are in good shape. Their pitching is starting to look good. They're getting contributions from guys that have no business contributing now. Uh, Jose Siri is having some big hits. Um, Chaz McCormick continues to play well. I don't know how they do it, but the Astros are turning out some, uh, some good play. Now the playoffs are a whole new thing. I mean, once you get into the playoffs, everything's different. But uh, I don't foresee the Astros having a problem with the White Sox. Uh, and that's unfortunate. The White Sox look really good there for a while. But they've, they've lost all interest here the last couple of weeks. And uh, that is trending to a, if not a sweep, but I'm thinking at least Astros in four. That's my early prediction of that series, especially with the home field advantage. It's huge to play at Minute Maid Park. If they had had to go on the road to play at, uh, on the south side of Chicago first, then I would have said the White Sox have a really good shot. But um, if they're playing here at home, I don't see the White Sox winning games here at Minute Maid. They may pick up one on the on the road at their home park, but I think the Astros take care of them after that. So that is headline three. And headline four, well, as I look at this, I don't know if I have a headline four. I think I might just bounce. Uh, headline four is, I'm glad I'm back. 
let's let's just end this on a high note. I am back. I am recording these podcasts. It is uh, it is good to be on the podcast scene once again. As I mentioned, I'll have uh, all sorts of fun stuff when it comes to video next week. I have to figure out my uh, setup here at the house when I record that, but I am I'm excited about that opportunity. And stay tuned for the next episode because, as I mentioned off the top, my wife interviews me in the next episode. She is trying to start her own podcast. Uh, we're trying to get that going. I have to figure out some of the uh, details on that, but I think she's going to be great on the podcast scene, too. She's probably going to get a lot more listeners than me. No slight to you guys out there, but uh, she is a, a very entertaining and very talented woman that I'm uh, blessed to be married to. And uh, she interviews me. I'm going to post that whole interview on this podcast in the next episode. So until then, this has been episode 72. Getting you caught up on some things, my thoughts on some of the issues going on here in town. And I will catch you in the next episode. See you.